0: yo what's up man we are back for another edition of the leo g show it is 2023 that's what's up man leo g show 2023 man had to come back and do we're doing this show probably the earliest we've ever done it um so you know we're gonna ride through this man we got a lot to talk about here tonight man because it's a special night we're gonna get into that in just a minute um so hopefully we got people that's following us on youtube live and also you can check us out live on the leo g page on facebook yes right now we are streaming live leo g did figure it out Streaming live on Facebook. Um, this was a, a pop-up show. We didn't really put too much out there, but we'll go ahead and uh, run it back for everybody that's going to miss us because, like I said, we are doing this pretty early in the day. It's um, pretty early. So without further ado, we, we are, we are going to have everybody hopefully get on in just a second, but I do got my partner out there to the east. What's up, my man, Derek Cole?
1: What's up, Leo G? Yes, sir. We are live in 2023. And we
0: do Live have a lot 20- to talk about. We got a lot to talk about, man. Live in 2023, we are blessed. I am so happy that we are able to continue to do this show. Because talking about sports is something that we love and we're passionate about. Shout out to everybody, man, that's doing what they're passionate about, man. A lot of lot of shows. I mean, a lot of uh, podcasts on YouTube, Spotify, everywhere out there, man. Fans talking about the sports that they love, the teams that they love, and we're gonna talk about the teams that we love today. So, Derrick, oh man, it is pretty early, man. I know you just, you just had a light lunch. I think that was the the light lunch, was it, or was that early supper for you? Which one was it?
1: That was a mid afternoon snack. Mid afternoon
0: snack. Okay, that's a uh, mid afternoon snack. That's what it was. Okay, had to had to fire up that mid afternoon snack. So okay. then you'll have an early supper here in just a minute, and then you'll fire it up for the uh, national championship here in just a second, right?
1: Yes, sir. But it'll probably be a uh, late dinner during the national championship game.
0: Late dinner during the national... Ness- I'm going to go for the... I'm going to opt for the early supper today. I'm going to do it like they do over at them facilities and do the early supper. So that way, man, when the, when the game fires up... I got a couple other things to do um, today, too. I got a meeting. So, you know, as soon as that meeting is over, y'all got to... We got to go. We got to fire this this thing up. So, like we, like I alluded to earlier, got the. National Championship today. We're recording on the day of the national championship. Georgia versus TCU out in Los Angeles. Um, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. We're gonna get into it in just a minute and talk about it, man. Derrick, I know it's pretty early, but are you did you start? Because this is the national championship day. Did you start already or are you still waiting? What are you doing? Agua. Uh-huh. <laughs> Agua. Agua. Hey, you can't can't go wrong with the H2Zero. It can't go wrong with the H2Zero. It's,
1: it's called hydrating.
0: Yeah, you got to do that. Before the
1: festivities.
0: You got to definitely do that as I slide away. I got some Gatorade on deck, got some water, man. You know, we're going to do our thing as you gulp it down right in my ear. It's all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a marathon tonight not a sprint. And hopefully it's going to be a big time celebration, man. It's going to be a lot of late people or a lot of call outs tomorrow, either one way or another, whether you're a one fan or a Bulldogs fan. because we hope hopefully them, them other fans they'll be able to get on either well either they gonna sick out tomorrow too, Derrick because they might be in their feelings a little bit after this thing go the way it's supposed to go, right? Hey they,
1: they, they may be a little, you know, like you say, in their feelings about the outcome of this game that we hoping that we get this um, repeat back to back national championships. It's hard to repeat, son. It's hard to repeat. I think the last repeat man. was um them folks across the, Yeah, across the, the line.
0: Absolutely, man. So definitely, man, something big here for the state of Georgia to go back to back. Something big here in college football with the climate of college football there, because if you want to talk about it for just a little bit before we actually get into the game tonight, man. Um, college football, the landscape of college football has changed a lot since we, we've we known it. We've been, we, we're we the old heads now. You know what I'm saying? We've been watching college football for, for quite some time. Um, going back you know, to... You, you know, finally
1: yeah. admitted that, that you well, were the old I mean, heads.
0: I'm an old head, but I ain't as old head as you. You know what I'm saying? I don't go back to the leather helmet days, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, we rock. We do what we do. (laughs) But check it out, man. (laughs) We go back, college football, man. I I think, you know, we remember the days of, you know, before the Big 12 was the Big 12. It was like the the, the Big 8 or something like that out there. You know what I'm saying? It was the Pac-10. It wasn't the Pac-12 and the SEC was a, a conference that didn't have, you know, damn near what, 14 teams at this point. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, almost super conferences, man, you know. So, you know, Miami was in the Big East. I mean, it was just a lot of changes, man, you know, over the years and over the course of time. Of course, like with anything, man, time brings on a change. So college football in the landscape of it now, Derrick We're moving into, you know, we move now – into the college football playoffs, which is actually going to be expanding, I think, next year. Right now, we have four teams this year, two teams that made it out of the little 10. I said that correctly, the little 10. A SEC team, which is Georgia, which I think that you know, our SEC team will probably represent that conference from now to here on out um, <laughs> with the two additions that we just right. got here coming up pretty soon. And we had a team, a, a sleeper team, that came out of the, the Big 12, um, TCU. Derek looking at the college football playoffs over the last couple of years, and looking at it now, how how do you feel about where we're moving with college football? Because I mean, it's it's been kind of you know um it's, it's been some parity here, and it's been a little diverse feel now. Um, like I said, with the TCU, you did have Ohio State and Michigan both out of the, the Big Ten, um, playing for the uh for the college football playoffs. What have you seen, and how do you feel about this moving forward, man?
1: I mean, I'm, I'm going to absolutely love the fact that it's going to be 12 teams in the playoffs. I mean, it's going to give a a, a different feel for how the Division I um, setup has been all these years. And hopefully they'll get rid of some of them bowls at the same time, because I just think, you know, it's, it's way past time that we had a playoff in the Division One. I. I mean, it, like we said before, we're going to beat this dead horse. Every other division of sports, has playoffs. So why it took so long for division one, we already know it's about the money. But as far as the the landscape with the NILs, with the transfer portal, I think it's just going to even out these squads. It's not going to be the Alabamas and the Georgias and the Texas and the Oklahomas and the Michigans and the Ohio States of, of the world. You're going to have a little TCUs coming up because they got players that can play. And you got coaches that can coach. So that's what I'm most excited about. And I'm expecting one of the big dogs to get knocked off in the first year of the playoff in the first round.
0: Absolutely, man. The parity is there, man. I mean, we're starting to see it. You know, it used to be college football, you know, you had, you know, your dominant big dogs every year. You knew they were going to be there. But like you said, with the, you know, with the active transfer, transfer portal now, it was only one team, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that didn't have any players into the transfer portal. Do you remember what squad that was, Derrico
1: No, actually, I don't.
0: I think – well, I'm sorry. I think it may have been like – I want to say Georgia only had like a couple – did Georgia have a couple of guys or did – can you remember?
1: Yeah, Georgia had a couple of guys that went in the portal. I think okay. somebody went and then came back out of it.
0: Okay, okay. I know for a fact Georgia had the fewest, if I want to say, that entered the transfer portal out of all of the squads here. Um, but you had a lot of guys um into the transfer portal and go um to different places. Um there's a a squad out there in the uh Big Twelve that had a lot of guys get picked up out of the transfer portal or want to be picked out of the transfer portal in Colorado as we talked about last time, prime yeah. time going over to um over to Colorado. Colorado. Yes, sir, yes sir. So it's a lot, a lot happening. A lot happening in college football. We're trying to get my man Banks in here. Hopefully, we'll get him in here in just a second. Uh, hopefully, he'll keep trying, and uh, we'll get him in here to join the conversation in just a second. So, we're going to get into the national championship because it is national championship day, Georgia versus TCU. How did we get here? Yes, the Georgia Bulldogs are back in the national championship again to defend it back-to-back, which is very hard to do, like you just said, alluding to, Derrick um, and they're going to be playing the TCU Horn Frogs. And we'll talk about how, first of all, we'll talk about how the TCU Horn Frogs got hit to this point, man. TCU, um, very, very, uh, very, very good squad, I should say. They um, surprised a few people. They they got to their uh, championship game against Kansas State. They were actually beaten by Kansas State in their championship game, but they still end up getting a bid to the college football playoffs. First and foremost, before we get into actually a little bit of the specifics as to how they got here tonight into LA. Uh, how do you feel about this TCU squad and how do you feel about them actually getting into it? Because I know it's a lot, you know, because of the limited amount of teams, only four, there was a little bit of, of a conversation as to who should get there. And they end up losing their conference title game, but they still made it. Do you feel like they were deserving of making the college football
1: playoffs? I mean, we can't change the rules because of TCU. I mean, we done benefited from it. Alabama done benefited from it. Um, Ohio State done benefited from it. So we can't change the rules and say just because it's a little TCU that just because they lost their their conference championship game that they're not worthy of being in the in the in the dance. So I absolutely agree that they should be here and they've proven that they should be here because guess what? They're playing tonight. If they didn't deserve it, they had a loss against Michigan and that would have been the end of the game. But no, they are playing Georgia for the national championship tonight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the, the committee saw it fair that they that they uh, actually made it. Went undefeated until they until they played Kansas State um, in the championship game. Obviously, um, they got here by beating Michigan, who was the number two seed, if I'm not mistaken. They were the number two seed. Two and three went at it. Um, Michigan against TCU, and they uh they upset. Well, I guess I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I guess you can call it upset. They were number three facing number two, Uh, the bigger squad, the bigger opponent, which was Michigan. And I think a lot of people had already called, you know, at least one big team, Big Ten team in the national championship. And that just didn't happen, man. TCU led the game. They would dominate the whole entire time in the Fiesta Bowl against Michigan. And they shocked me. Um, They really did shock me um by getting there and to getting to this point and as we continue to talk about the national championship game tonight i see we are joined by our other co-host my man banks what's going on brother
2: what's going on bro? how you feeling
0: hey man i'm feeling good man i know you a little tired you know what i'm saying we'll talk about you know you getting up and joining us in just a second man but we are talking national championship right now and i was just talking to Derrico about how the TCU Horn Frogs got here. So Derek, I'm gonna give it back to you. They were able to beat Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl to get here tonight. Um I think they surprised a few people by actually dominating against Michigan, man. Uh was this uh was this an issue? Cause I feel like TCU is a good squad. When, when, when I break it down and I went back and I looked at the games that they played, I looked at their quarterback who was a Heisman candidate who actually went to New York, if I'm not mistaken, a well-coached team. And they have some athletes on this team. They really, really do. Was this a case of, because a lot of there's a fence, I guess, and I think this is a couple of people that I've talked to. You have some people that were like Michigan overlooked TCU or you have some people that say yeah TCU was that team and you know, they were a force to be reckoned with, man. What do you what do you fall on that side of the fence? Was this a TCU team that was, like you said, deserving of being here and a, a high competitor, or did Michigan overlook them? What do you stand on that fence?
1: Yeah, I don't think it was a, a matter of being overlooked by um, Michigan. I just think TCU came out with that chip on their shoulder if they lost that game the K-State and everybody was talking about they don't deserve to be in the playoffs because they lost their championship game. So I think they just came out with a huge chip, chip on their shoulder and just wanted to knock the, the Goliath, Michigan, off the block. And, and they did it convincingly. It wasn't like it was a squeaker. It wasn't like, hey, they needed the ref help. It wasn't like they needed a turnover help. It was a the fact they just wanted to just put their hands on Michigan thoroughly.
0: Absolutely. It, absolutely. You know, I feel like TCU show who they were. And like you said, teams show up, you know, and they have to be resilient. You get an opportunity to say, hey, we got here. Let's do this. Because like you said, a lot of people counted them out and said, OK, you know, they lost their conference title. Why do they deserve to be here? Because there were a few people, I guess, a lot of people across the across the border to, to the west of us that said, you know, our team with two losses deserved to be here which I thought was insane. I'm like, really? No. I said, let's give these people that have fought all year. Yeah, they took it. You took two L's. You didn't even, you didn't make it to your conference. Yes, I'm talking about Bama fans. So I hope y'all ain't in y'all feeling because I'm about to talk about y'all for a minute before I pass this over to Banks. Listen, you did not make your conference championship, okay? And you took two L's. I don't know why you even thought you deserve, just because your name is Bama, you thought you deserved to get in there because your coach is saving, you thought you deserved to get in there. No, absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Because if the shoe was on the other foot for somebody else, you'd be telling me, well, you know, well, maybe next time you need to win your conference championship. You didn't even make it. The LSU Tigers made it out of the West this year. You didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was all on TV politicking and all on social media after it was all said and done talking about how y'all were better than, you know, some this team and that team and how y'all should be there. Well, guess what? Get, get to your conference championship like y'all been telling everybody else. And win the conference championship, and then you you get your spot in 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 the playoffs. And it'll be a lot it'll be a lot of open seats coming up here, so you won't have any excuses going over here to uh, banks banks just to bring you on a little bit, man. We've been talking about TCU and how they got to this point. TCU obviously they lost their Pac twelve I mean not Pac twelve excuse me their Big Twelve championship game to Kansas State, but they were still allotted uh slot in the college football playoffs, and they beat. Michigan conventionally where are you with TCU are you on the fence that this is a contender team or this was a team that was overlooked by Michigan how do you feel about them going into tonight's game against Georgia
2: well they, they are a contender um I've watched some of their games this year um even the first time they played Kansas State um Kansas State you know played them straight up uh, um they lost that game and then TCU played them again once in their conference um, championship and then lost to Kansas State. Um, <clears throat> Kansas, uh, TCU has a, a different style of football that I think a lot of folks in the SEC hasn't really watched. They play a really, really heads up, you know, kind of a gritty gritty style of play. Um, if you watch Texas, they play the same way and how Texas played Alabama and should have won that game, by the way. Um, that whole conference has been playing the same exact way and for for me, you know, going into that Michigan game, um, yeah, they they took it to Michigan, but you know, it didn't. Michigan didn't do themselves any favors by saying, you know, before the game started, they didn't know who TCU, what conference they played in, so you automatically gave them some bil- bulletin board material, which was not smart, and they showed Michigan, you know, what we deserve to be on the field with you. Georgia, on the other hand, I don't think they that. Um, they they're not going to follow that same direction by, you know, feeding into that, uh, and board material war, whatever.
0: Hey man, I'm glad you said that, man. Cause we'll talk about Georgia here in just a second and how they got here to the national championship tonight in LA. But I, I agree with both of you guys wholeheartedly, man. This is a TCU team that is very, very talented, very, very well coached. And they deserve to be here. So I am on the fence of that. You know, no Michigan did not overlook these guys. These guys came out, they played ball. They played ball well all year. They took one L, one L in the, in the conference title game. So they're going to come. They're going to show up tonight at SoFi. And they're going to be ready to play against their opponent. Go ahead, Derrico.
1: So we got a comment on Facebook from um, Patrick Abrams. What's up, Pat? He wants to know, he wants to know, Outside of Stetson Bennett, who do y'all think have a big-time game for UGL offensively? Oh,
0: man. um, I think so. Getting into – as we go into talking about uh, Georgia and how they got there, man, we're going to have to see a collective out of Georgia, man. I mean, I know we talk about – the first person that comes to mind, of course, obviously is Brock Bowers, right, tight end who's been a game-changer for the University of Georgia. Uh, I want to say um, the other tight end has been cleared to play – His name escapes me right now. God, what is his name, fellas? Washington. Washington, Washington, Washington. exactly. Washington. Uh, Washington, I don't know what what kind of a factor he's going to be tonight. Um, If he is going to suit up and play, obviously he will. It's the national championship. But I think, yeah, you got to find a way to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. Uh, Brock Bowers, um, he has to be uh, effective tonight. And also, man, this Georgia run game, man, I mean, it's been by committee all year. The Georgia run game is going to have to come in and they're going to have to the Lions going to have to impose their will against a high-powered TCU offense that can score. Let's be real about this, right? TCU can score, man. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you, oh, Georgia defense is this, that, and the third. Because I'm going to talk about Georgia here in just a second. But to answer your question, Pat, I think we're going to have to have Brock Bowles step up. We're going to have to have this Georgia run game step up be physical and lay on this TCU defense and and try to just wear them down out of attrition man you gotta get the run game started and get Brock Bowles who has been your most productive offensive playmaker this whole entire season uh banks I'm gonna go to you that to, to add on to that and then I'm gonna come back to you Derrico banks who do you feel like needs to be more productive tonight
2: well, I'm gonna go outside of um, Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers is such an easy answer. Um, I think a lot of the teams gonna key in on him, like uh, at Ohio State did. Um, me and Pat talked about this a while ago, and um, it's Kenny McIntosh. He has to have a game. Um, you you got to have your running game, and I think the way he's been running that ball lately, I think that will be very much needed for a game like this. Um, to to control the game, control the time of possession. Um. It starts up front, um, guys. Um, not just between uh, Kenny McIntosh. That offensive line got to got to win. They got to beat def- uh, TCU TCU's defensive line all night. And, you know that's the only way I feel like this game is going to be decided. It's on that line of scrimmage.
0: You have to be physical, Banks. I'm glad you said that, Georgia. So if if there if there is any Tell her the tape that you want to give to Georgia at this point. I think that Georgia, in my opinion, take that for what it's worth, is the most physical team, right? You look at what you see out of Georgia, and you, you, you use that to your advantage. Like you said, Banks, come out, run with Kenny McIntosh, impose your will. Try to do that. I don't think Michigan – well, I don't think they, they're built like Georgia, but I don't think Michigan actually – got into that with TCU. They they tried to finesse and they got into a game that they knew they couldn't win and they weren't going to outscore TCU. Georgia tonight is going to have to keep the game in their, in their range and do what they do. And we'll talk about how they got here in just a minute. I'm going to let you piggyback, Derrick, before we talk a little bit more about how Georgia got to the national championship.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree wholeheartedly with Banks on this one. Uh, when he, when he put, the, put the question out there, I immediately said Milton. And while I said Milton, they got to start with the running game. Um, it got to start with the running game, and Milton is from California, too, so you know you're going to want to do good out there in his hometown. So I'm going to say Milton, and I'm going to tag along with the running game as a whole because that's what it's been. It's been a committee of running. So it has to start with the run game, take the air out of the football. The more you limit TCU on the football field offensively, the better chance you're going to have to operate and um, keep the score to a a, a still where you don't have to put the ball in Mr. Bennett's hand to win, hey,
0: physical, that's what I'm saying. Come out and play physical, even though, and I get to it here in just a second. I'm not scared of putting the ball in Mr. Bennett's hand, and we'll talk about that right now, so the Georgia Bulldogs, they get to the national championship in their second second season back to back seasons. they are now undefeated. Going into this game, man, I am so excited. As you can see, all of us are, are repping Georgia right now, and we're excited about tonight's game this evening. Listen, this was not an easy road for Georgia, and I think all of us can agree, man, that going, you know, Kirby said it at the beginning of the season, man, we would not be the the hunted, okay? We were going to come out and we were going to be Georgia, and we are going to be who we were. They have strived, and I think that <laughs> going back to this national championship game, Everything you could think of that was thrown their way, they they had it. You know what I'm saying? They were on the ropes a couple of times this year. They were supposed to be beat by superior opponents in their own division this year. They have prevailed. And I think the icing on the cake was to go into the college football playoffs at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl and play an Ohio State team that gave them everything they wanted and then some, and then find a way to win. The Georgia Bulldogs won that game. This was a game that I felt like Ohio State came out and said, like you said, Derek, wanted to make a statement and say, "Hey, we want to push and put ourselves in the national championship." They punched Georgia in the mouth; they really did. They gave Georgia all they wanted and then some, and Georgia had to figure out and find a way to win this game, and they did. They won it. You know what I'm saying? We talk about hooker by crook. We always talk about you got to find a way to win. Georgia find a way to win. Talk about that guy, Stetson Bennett. He didn't have the best game, but when it counted, when it, when it, when the chips were on the table, when it was like, "Hey, we got to go out here. hear your opportunity to do it." Stetson Bennett, the foot joke people want to joke talk about, you know, "Hey, 25 year old whatever Whatever case may be, man, you can't deny the fact that when it was when it was put in his court to win this game, he went out there and did what he needed to do against Ohio State. So that's how they got here. They got to their conference championship. They beat LSU conventionally. Obviously, they went into. Chick fil A Peach Bowl to play Ohio State, and I can't remember the score, I don't have it in, in front of me right offhand. But they found a way to win that game, um, you know, come back, take the lead because they it was a dominant game by Ohio State throughout the game, and they they found a way to actually win it. Derrick, o, what were you gonna say? So,
1: Patrick got another question for us, mm-hmm. uh, what advantages do you all see in favor of TCU in this game?
0: Okay. Good question, Pat. Um, and bef- uh, so, really quickly, let me finish up about our, uh, about Georgia and how they got here, and then we'll talk about TCU's advantages. I said really, really quickly. We'll take a drink. I mean, I'm I'm drinking for real. You, you hydrating. Uh, Banks is just woken up. He just rolled out of the bed, so it is what it is. <laughs> so listen, Georgia got here, you know, by by fire. This was not easy, Banks. I'm oh, I'm sorry, Jericho. I'm gonna take it over you first. This was a This was a a, – I'm going to say it. I feel like this was a monumental season for Georgia because a lot of people thought that this was a a flash in the pan Georgia team that got to the national championship and, oh, y'all beat a a, a wounded Alabama in the national championship and I don't see y'all getting back for another 40 years. I was ridiculed by a lot of people that weren't Georgia fans, talking about how this was a fluke and how Georgia was not going to get back in this position. But we're here now, and I think this team deservedly so – belongs in the national championship. Dereko, do you agree with me on that?
1: Yes, I agree with you, good sir. Am I answering that question also? From yeah. Patrick. <laughs> no, we'll answer Patrick's question here in just oh, okay. a minute
0: about TCU, uh in just a minute. I would just I would, I want to talk about Georgia and how they got here and then we'll talk about TCU's advantages in just a second.
1: Oh yeah. I mean Georgia, like you said, it's like for some reason it's just like Kirby just got these boys just on another level of thinking and and, and taking ownership of the program. And it, and it just start with, you know, I can just feel Kirby's spirit when I hear some of the comments that he's making during halftime speeches, pregame speeches, and just the fact that kirby just got these boys in tune to wanting to be elite, be the greatest, be the one that everyone's talking about. They don't want Georgia to be underneath the conversation, they want Georgia at the top of the conversation. And I just feel like these guys have just bought in. That's why you see them, too many people in the transfer portal, too, when we just talked about that earlier. They want to be at Georgia. They want to be here to win. And they know that Kirby has built this program not just for one or two years, but to sustain a winning pedigree. And I just think that's part of the, the issue that TCU might run into tonight. <laughs>
0: absolutely, absolutely, Derek. I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. Banks, I'm going to pass it over to you here, man, before we talk about the keys of the game for this national title tonight. Georgia is here. They got here, like I said, by hook or by crook. It was not, a lot of people didn't think they were going to be back in this position. There were a lot of, you know, to break it down and just say it for what it was, there were a lot of haters that talked about Georgia. And how they got the national championship last year. Oh man, y'all were lucky. And oh man, it's gonna be hard. Y'all lost a lot of players to the draft and y'all can't do it again. And and I don't know about this, that and third. We're here now, Banks. We're here. What do you say to those people that doubted us? And we're back here now in SoFi tonight for another national title game with Kirby Smart and these boys these young men going into this game.
2: Well, I mean the only thing I can say is how's that couch, how that couch feel? Um I mean, it's not, there's no need to argue with people like that. I mean, it's I got people at my job, you know, they Florida State fans, they they Miami fans, they, I mean, whoever fans they are, it's irrelevant to me because we don't play them. And number two is they're not there. So why should I argue with you? Because you're at home watching me, watching my team. I digress. Um, It, it stems from not just the haters, Leo. I mean, this goes back to the talking heads, the national pundits, when the season first started when they played Oregon um you know they they won the game i think it was like 49 to 3 or something to like that um they still well let me back up they didn't even have Georgia number 1 as a preseason number 1 that's first and foremost i thought that was a very slap in the face to georgia it was a disrespect to that you're the reigning national champion and we didn't even feel like one because we still had to take a back seat to alabama so Going into the season, you know, we were ranked number three, I believe, behind Ohio State. And, you know, we went on through the season, still didn't move up until Alabama had a bad game. And then that's when we jumped, jumped up to number one. Lo and behold, now mind you, we have not lost a game. Before we played Tennessee and before that college football play uh, playoff ranking came out, we fell once again for a Tennessee team that was only in first place for like less than 24 hours. So I think the disrespect is real. I think it's a lot of, you know, Georgia's good, but it's always that, but, you know, but it's like, what, what's the, but we are champions. Like no one ever got this much disrespect. I'm talking about the Ohio States of the world, the Clemsons of the world, the Alabamas of the world, when Georgia finally gets their taste, now it's it's oh it, it, well, you lost so many players last year. You know how can you maintain? I'm like, this is not a a one year and done kind of team. You know, you got a a head coach that came from Alabama who built that defense over there, and he helped tear it down. If, if in so many words and so many references, we're going forward with this man, and we still look as a shadow to Alabama, and I think that's very unfortunate for a team that is probably on their way to be a dynasty um I, I, as i can say now is you know don't worry about what everybody's saying talking heads media haters just keep watching the show because it's gonna it's, it's gonna speak for itself once their hardware come trickling in it's nothing else no one can really say so
0: absolutely you got to stay the path, stay the course, Banks. I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. Stay the path, stay the course, man, and let and let your actions speak louder than than your words. You know what I'm saying? Do what you need to do. Like I said, this team is battle tested. This team played some 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 good teams this year. You know, we were on the ropes against Missouri. We were, suppo- we were supposed to lose to Tennessee. We weren't supposed to. Be, Georgia was not supposed to, is not supposed to be where they are right now. I mean, I'm just saying. If you listen to all this, I'm just saying if you listen to all the talking heads like you just said, you know. They, they did not put us here. They did not pencil us in into this game. Like I said, man, we were supposed to, you know, the talking heads had us losing that game to Tennessee, man. I think that we didn't stand, even in, staff, in Sanford Stadium in Athens, a lot of people did not have us beating Tennessee for whatever reason. But we proved them wrong. We proved them wrong. You know what I'm saying? We was up, we was up against the ropes against Missouri, and we proved them wrong. We up were up against the ropes against Ohio State just a couple of weeks ago, and we proved them wrong. We're back here. We're here, we're poised to to, to win another national title uh, because of Kirby Smart and because of the talent that he's brought in and because of what, like you just said, Banks, everybody buying into up there in Athens, man. So moving forward here, I want to give, we're going to do the keys of the game um, tonight as to how each team could win tonight. And to Pat's question, I'm, I'm going to go first here and I'm going to bring it back over to you, Derrick TCU, how can TCU beat Georgia? There's a couple of different ways I think TCU can beat Georgia. Listen, I'm going to tell you something, guys, and we have, we've all talked about this. There are a group there, there are athletes at TCU, okay? And you got to come out and you got to do what you do best and you got to find out what you can do. Um, Georgia's secondary did not look good against C.J. Stroud and Ohio State. They were able to throw the ball all over the yard, man. C.J. Stroud had a game, okay, probably one, the, if not the best game of his collegiate career, against the Bulldogs, right? He had, you know, he was able to roll out. He was able to get the ball to Marvin Harris Jr. Um, and I'm going to say that TCU's receivers, they might be on par or maybe even just as good as Ohio State's receivers. They got a guy by the name of Quentin Johnston, man, out there at TCU, man, who's a 6'4", 230-pound stud. You know what I'm saying? They are able to throw the ball all over the yard. And to your point, like you just said, Banks, This is a different brand of football, okay? This is a brand of football that comes from the Big 12 where they like to throw the ball around the yard and score a lot of points. So how can TCU win this game? Is play their brand of football, throw the ball around the yard, make Georgia stop them from scoring. And like I said, you just said, Derrick Cole, the the final score from the the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl game was what, 40, what was it, 40? What was the score, the final score in the... Peach Bowl. 42 to 41. 42-41. Ohio State scored 41 points. You don't think TCU looked at that and said, hey, we score points? On average, I don't know how many points TCU scored, but on average, I, I want to say they they scored around that that margin. So let's let's make this a track meet and let's see if Georgia can can run with us. You know, it just so happened that Georgia was able to walk Ohio State down. And they were able to get it and take and, and and win that game. But that's, I think the key to TCU winning tonight is them being able to put points on the board and say, hey, Georgia, come catch us. Because they got some athletes. They have Georgia has, you know, let's be real, some of the best athletes in the country. But like you said, man, it's gonna be matchup for matchup tonight. Kelly Ringo against Quentin Johnston tonight. This second that can you get can you get pressure on uh, on uh, Dugans, the, the quarterback for TCU? Can you do that tonight? That's going to be key. So if I'm TCU, I'm trying to go up 17 to nothing and check Georgia and see if they can climb out of that hole and see where Stetson Bennett and what he can do. Because we all said that Georgia has to be physical and run the ball right, but it's kind of hard to run the ball when you're down 17 points in the first half. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Derrick Coban, to give us – your key to the game as to how TCU can beat Georgia tonight.
1: Well, um, you must was in my mental notes because you hit probably every point that I had except one, and that is the lack of containment of Huggins. If we can't contain Huggins and we let him break containment on third downs, third and longs, or first downs and longs, it's going to be a long night. I just don't. I just don't see how we could get past that when we're going we're gonna to depend on the four-man rush too much, and that is going to be the point, a problem for me. And that, that's what happened last week with Ohio State. I hope they watched the film and saw that. Unfortunately, Kirby, sometimes it's going to take a fifth man to get in there and get to the quarterback and not stand there and just be, what's the word I'm looking for, be stubborn about four men getting to the getting to the quarterback. You said a mouthful when you said something about the deep when you said that earlier about the defensive line. The defensive line from Georgia got to play. And if they don't play, it's going to be a problem because that secondary is suspect right now. If it boils down to Huggins throwing a ball 30 times and we got to depend on Kelly Ringo, let we'll to say Ringo again this weekend, he didn't play – That bad, we didn't play up to the level that he's supposed to play as being a projected number one first-round pick. So I'm depending on that to happen. And, again, if we allow TCU just to throw the ball and we don't run the ball, that means, like you said, if they catch that 17-point advantage on Georgia, it could be a a long night.
0: And let's be – and, let, on, and let's be real, just to piggyback on yeah. something, too. A opportun, a opportunistic defense, TCU. <laughs> <laughs> opportunistic, man. They were very opportunistic against Michigan, man. If if they see some Chiefs in the armor, combined with their offense scoring, man, jeez.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just like TCU, I think they're gonna come out with a different mentality, a different mentality. They probably tired. They banks used his word earlier with Georgia being disrespected, and the thing that I'm scared of the most as far as disrespect for TCU, I don't like that 12 and a half line at all. I think that was kind of disrespectful that they put a 12 and a half line up against um, TCU in Georgia. So I think that's that. That's that motivating bullying. Bulletin board material that they're not gonna get from Georgia, they got it from the, the 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 folks in Vegas. Absolutely.
0: Banks, we're gonna take it over to you, man. What are the advantages that TCU has tonight into winning their first national title um in their school's history, man? What what do they have to do to come out and win that win the title tonight?
2: Well, first let me say this, y'all. Uh, Leo, you just butchered his name, and so did you, um uh, Derricko. His name is Duggins. You said Dugans. Stacy, you said Huggins. It's Duggins. Oh, we just because combined so, it?
0: I, would th- I was thinking about Wings and and was, I, don't. I was thinking about Dugans. I was yeah, thinking about Dugans.
2: That was <laughs> hilarious to me. But um, what I said earlier, uh, the keys to t- TCU, um, it starts up front. And I, I hate to sound like a broken record. They have to be more physical than Georgia. They have to be um, – that line of scrimmage got to overtake Georgia's line of scrimmage. And as we can see of what Georgia has proven over time and time again, that's a hard task to do. It's not impossible, but that's what they gotta do. Um, as for um Duggins uh passing the ball over the yard, um that that for what oh, for what LSU did, what Ohio State did. I still don't think that TCU can do to to duplicate that. Um not to say take anything away from them. I think that's not I don't think that's their style of, of game. If you watch them play, their style of game is more of a it's a it's a weak, a weak RPO kind of thing like they they do this this run option every once in a while and it's it looks kind of flicked. I I can't put my finger on it. But it's it's real funky looking, and it's it's uh it's an offense. I think it can flourish. Um, as for um, you said, flick, that boy said, he said, flicked boy's
1: afflicted, boy, hey, yeah, I like that's a, that's an old school term right there, boy. <laughs> hey man, if you
0: flicked say it. that exactly. again, if you say that again, we might have to take a drink. But go ahead. Well, then but go
1: that, but that is a term it. though. Yeah, that I is know? a term.
0: Yeah. So what well,
2: what I'm saying, what I get to my point is, is that. They have to do exactly what Ohio State did, exactly what uh, LSU did for them to even look like it will be an upset. Can they do it? Sure they can. Absolutely they can. Um, I I can't sit there and say for certain that they will do it, but I know what Georgia's got to do is compared to what TCU had Going into Michigan, they had three weeks to prepare and have that um, all that built up, you know, chip on the shoulder, you know, it just, and they just released right then and there on that game on Michigan. You only had a week to prepare for Georgia, and I'm gonna say in a tangible part. May I could be totally wrong, but I think this is this is not a semifinal semif- semifinals game. Okay, this is a national championship. This the bright the lights are bright. Um, this is, uh, this is the big stage at the, at the end of the day, I'm going to take experience before everything experience, Trump, everything. And I feel like Georgia's been on that stage. They know exactly what they prepare for, what to expect. TCU, um, this day first rodeo, um, may, maybe, maybe right. it might be too bright for them. I so, don't know, but so, we'll right.
0: So, but. So, right, so I'm going to cut you off right there because we're going to go into predictions before we move on to the next segment of the show. And I'll go first here, guys. Banks, I'm glad you brought that up to say kind of segue my, my prediction. Um, this is going to be a night where I feel like Georgia is going to have to rely on, like you said, Banks, their, you know, experience. For lack of a better word, their experience in being in these situations. Georgia has been, I use that word, battle-tested all the time. But, you know, between last season and this season, and even with the player, you know, losing players and gaining players and having Kirby there, man, this team is battle-tested, man. They've seen a lot. They've been through a lot. The the Alabama game, the Ohio State game, just everything that they went through. I think that the experience that Georgia has been through, man, these last couple of years on the Kirby Smart is going to ascend them to winning back-to-back national titles. And the key to that is going to be Stetson Bennett being poised, leading this offense, and being able to do what he needs to do um, in order to to guide this team to a national championship. Don't get me wrong, man. This is a tall task for the uh, Georgia defense. You know, TCU is going to come out to play. But I think at the end of the day, like you said, Banks' experience is key. I think Georgia has been here. There isn't a moment too big for this team, man. There really isn't. When the lights are on, I think, the you know, it's going to play a factor with TCU. They're going to come out and they're going to hang. But like we saw against Ohio State, and Georgia just kept coming. Georgia just kept coming and finding a way. And that comes from experience and being tested and staying steady. Kirby has them focused mentally. They're strong here. Because of the athletes that they bring into the G, I think that they prevail tonight. I think that Georgia prevails tonight, and I think that this is like Derrico said, and like you said, Banks, something that they, we're witnessing with Georgia that can last for quite some time. So I, I, I see Georgia pulling this out tonight. I see Georgia winning. Uh, this scoreline is probably going to shock a lot of people, but I see Georgia winning tonight, uh, thirty-five to twenty-four. Georgia back-to-back title. Uh, Derrick, I'm going to kick it over to you.
1: Hey, man. I'm trying to steal my thunder. Because that's the number I had in my head. 35. Swear that's the number I had in my head. Um, I think it's going to end up like the Alabama game last year where it was kind of going back and forth, Hail Mary's. And then at the end, Georgia just going to pull off, you know what I'm saying? But I still think that 12 and a half is, 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 is pushing it, is pushing it. I'm going to give him 10 points. I'm going to say 35, 25, or 24. But if if it get past 35, that means Georgia had a turnover and ran a turnover back or a fumble back for a touchdown. So if we get over 35, it's going to be because of a defensive score. And I like the mindset, like again, of this team wanting to be the third team in history to go back to back, I know they won't say it, but I know it's important for them to do it. And as every, as y'all alluded to, that experience, that that elite thought process is what's going to take them over the hump.
0: Absolutely, Banks. we can kick it over to you before we move to the next segment, man. How do you feel about tonight, and what what are your predictions?
2: It's funny, y'all said thirty five. I was thinking thirty four. um, my um prediction was thirty four twenty six. Um I'm kinda like you, Derrico. You keep stealing my thunder. I'm just gonna just shut up and just let you talk for me. Um it's gonna be a back and forth thing to in my opinion. I think at the end of the game, I think um Georgia's gonna realize who's the bet I mean TCU's gonna realize who's the better team and Georgia's gonna kick it to another gear and it's gonna be unreachable. Um I think, in the beginning, I think both teams gonna probably have the jitters, which is normal uh this is the national championship um they probably will settle down towards the end of the first, and it's gonna be close um that twelve and a half is the more I think about that line, the more I'm like, like you know what i it, it nah at nah uh, unless that's a Vegas, Vegas trap more, at least, <laughs> Vegas know more than we do. But I just like, you know what? Just, I don't know. I, I I'll just. Keep hey man, we left Vegas
0: twenty thirty thirty four twenty six. Capital, we left we left Vegas do what they do, man. But like you said, Dereko, make no mistake about it, man. A line is a line. Obviously, I don't know what the over and under is, but you know Vegas. You know they they put some thought into what what we'll see tonight. But I do think TCU is going to show up. I, I think at the end of the day. The process and what Georgia has built and has started to build there is just going to take them over to the top and put them into an elite level, into another era of where we are in college football, man. So hopefully, fellas, tonight, I know we'll be texting back and forth. We'll get in a group chat, man, and we'll come with another edition of the Leo G Show and talk about how this game transpired, and hopefully we'll get another championship out of the University of Georgia Banks. I look forward to seeing you at the parade this Saturday. I'm going I'm, – I have all the faith. I really do. So, <laughs> um, Hold on. But, uh, you broke up, Banks. You, you got you on mute, man.
2: Can you hear me? Um, I'm just you. shouting out to um, Patrick Abrams. Um, he said the score is going to be 42-17. <laughs> Shout out to you, Pat, man. 42-17. Copy that, sir.
0: Pat, man, thank you for supporting the show, man. 42-17 for my man Pat Abrams over there, and I look forward to seeing you at the at the uh, the parade here this weekend, man, as we celebrate a second title for the University of Georgia, I'm excited about it. I want to see this, man. I think the state needs to see this, and I'm so happy for Kirby and I'm so happy for the program up there in Athens.
1: Shout out to Ken Little joining us too on Facebook.
0: Shout out to Ken Little, man, for supporting the show, man. Leo G Show doing it big, man. Thanks for. As we do this, man, as we move on into another segment, man. So really quickly, fellas, if you want to take a drink on that, Derek Cole, I'll give you that. But that was in my head. I had already thought I was going to say that as we segue into the next segment, man. Um, NFL football, man, for our Atlanta Falcons has come to an end. I know this has been a bittersweet season. Um, You know, we knew what this was going to be about when we got into the season. I think that there were – some high expectations out of some people. There was some mediocre expectations out of some people. There was some low expectations out of some people. Not calling anybody out on this show, but I just think that that's what happened uh, this season. As you see, I yeah, I got it. You see it. I see I, Banks. I love how you just switched it up as we segue into the next segment of the show. So talk about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm kind of in my feelings a little bit today, fellas. So I might take the rant and run with it because there are a lot of things that have transpired this morning. There are a lot of things that. I I want to get off my chest and I want to talk about before we close it. I don't even know if we got enough time today, but we're going to talk about some of them um, before we actually just talk about in general, a review and a recap of what happened in this season. Um, two things I want to get out first. Um, DeMar Hamlin, fellas. I want to, I just want to give a shout out, man, to everybody that watches this show to let everybody know, man, that our prayers are still with DeMar Hamlin as he, you know, continues to get better. I'm, I'm so glad. Let me tell you guys, man, I am so glad that this young man is doing well. Um, He's breathing now. Neurologically, he's back. It was a scary moment on last Monday night that we saw, man, the Buffalo Bills against the Cincinnati Bengals game, man. I don't know if you all were watching, but we all got the news sometime that night as to what happened up there in Cincinnati. And um, I'm just very, very happy that this young man has, has been able to pull through and not to go too, too far into – the politics of the NFL, but the right decision was made, I think, on Monday night by the two teams and the head coaches, man. Shout out to them by saying, you know what, man, there are things that are bigger than the game things that are bigger than the game. man. And, um, you know, for them to see what they saw and, and witness that, man, I think that, you know, they did everybody a favor mentally by saying, you know what? We're not going to come back out here on this field, man. This is about tomorrow and making sure that he's going to be OK. But just. To show you the competitor that DeMar Hamlin is, man, guys, to show you the competitor that DeMar Hamlin is, this young man, when he came back into consciousness after having a breathing tool from 100% to 50%, he was able to communicate. This young man wrote on a piece of paper some of his first words was to who won the game. Absolute competitor. Absolutely lets you know where he was and where his focus was and where his mind was. Ultimate competitor, ultimate team guy. This man literally coded and and almost lost his life on the football field. But his last thoughts and moments were, "Did my who won the game?" It right now as I speak on it, man. It sends chills down my spine, man. Because you know this guy was doing something that he loved. He made it to a place in life that a lot of us would never see. His passion for this game and for him to lay it all out on the line man it's something that right now is really really catching me it is doing something to me i'm going to give it over to you here Banks Demar Hamlin, man prayers and thoughts to him man i just you know want to give you your thoughts and your takes on 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 Demar man as we talk as we move forward here with this segment
2: um he's um angels was watching over him um to sit there and watch that in real time i was at work and i was you know, didn't understand what happened. And then, you know, I saw all the the medical, um, the folks out there on the field and everything. And just something didn't sit right with me. I didn't it felt different. It didn't feel like it was a regular injury. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 happy that he's recovering. Um it's been something on my mind on my everyone I've talked to has been thinking about this and to see that he's actually you know communicating with people community, um, doing um, FaceTime with his team. And when he wrote that note, Leo, the doctor told well, you did, you won, you won the, the, the game of life. You won it. And I think that was so fitting. And at that time it was like, the moment you were out, like you said, Leo, he was thinking about competing. And when he woke up, he was thinking about competing. So it's like, being in a situation like that before and i don't want to get into that with my personal self but i know once you're out like that you don't remember anything in between so for him he probably thought that was just one one instant that you know he was still at the football game so yeah i, I can see how that's very chilling and very it, it raised the hair on the back of your neck you know it's like whoa you know he didn't know he was out he didn't know that he wasn't here you know, only thing he know was he was about to play Cincinnati Bengals, and he woke up thinking it's still a game. Who won? You know, no, brother, it's that game hasn't been played. hasn't been played. So yeah. it's you know, it's it's you, you put it in perspective about how life is. You know, you gotta, you know, something as minute as a football game. You know, it's like damn, life is so 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 big and precious, man. I just
0: Wow! Yeah, absolutely, something something that bonds us so close, man. Not even you know, you know, not not even being a, a, a you know, we're real football fans. So anytime we see something like that happen, man, we all kind of come together and say, "Hey, man, you know what? It, it's bigger than the game. It's bigger than the sport, man." Like you said, Banks, this is life, man. Derrick, just your thoughts on uh, Demar Hamlin, man. As we we move forward here and talk about our fathers.
1: Yeah. I was upstairs helping my grandkids and I came back downstairs and I was like, why is the TV on like the halftime show when the game just started? And I started looking at Booker McFarlane, his face. It was just like solemn and stoic. And I'm just like, okay, what happened? And I think you had tried to contact me, Leo, and I didn't get your text until afterwards. So I was just like, wow. And you know, being a former athlete, yeah, I was a former athlete. I can relate because even like you say, Banks, I've had an experience when I was in high school where I was out there playing and I absolutely got knocked out and didn't, didn't know what was going on until I really came back to my faculties. So to, to just see that and knowing that that wasn't a a regular, NFL or football sports related injury, like this is like really, really, really serious. And it just filled my heart when I started going through Twitter and started reading some of the comments that made me say, at least people can be humane at one point in life. And I think everybody was on one accord with that. And that that part made it the best you know, as far as dealing with it and people actually were praying. I mean, really praying. It wasn't just like, Oh, thoughts and prayers. People were literally praying that the more would come through. And I'm glad that he's able to be here with us, even though he's not out of, the, out of the woods yet completely, but he's come so far from where he was last Monday night that it's just a miracle. And and I just want to notate, too, that we talk about him and I want to put a footprint and just continue to say, leave T. Higgins alone. Please leave T. Higgins alone because that's playing football. There was nothing malicious or intentional about that.
0: Absolutely, man. Like I said, man, um you know, thoughts of prayers with Demar. Like I said, this is this is a game. This is a sport. These guys are athletes. They go out there and they compete every Sunday. And which was which is crazy to me is guys. You know, we saw a week eighteen of guys going out there and competing and and um, doing what they need to do. At the end of the day, man, we talk about this from a fan's perspective, but I think we can all agree, man, that these these guys, this is their livelihood. Okay, take the shoulder pads off, take the helmets off. These guys are men just like us, right? They have families. They have kids, they have wives, they have moms and grandmas. And and they go out there and they and they do this, man. So you gotta you gotta look at this, man. Cause you know, I'm at the age now, I'm, you know, Derrick was just joking with me, man. These a lot of these guys, man, are like I'm old enough to be their, you know, their dad, man. Their kids out there playing this game, man. And I don't ever want to lose perspective that this is, you know, and I don't want people to lose perspective that there's a human aspect involved in this game i know a lot of people look at this as a game and i hear people talk about this that and the third you know this, no man these guys are human beings they have brothers they have brothers sisters aunts uncles mothers fathers kids wives you know what i'm saying and we can never lose that perspective we can never lose that perspective when it comes to this game you know what i'm saying we can never do that so shout out to them shout out to everybody that was involved in helping get DeMar to where he is um, and just recognizing him and recognizing um, just us being humans. And like you said, Derrick man, us praying and coming together under a common note as fans of this game and wanting to see something positive, man. I hated to go, so deep off into that man, but I think that was something that was on my heart that I that I wanted to talk about and express. So to move forward here, man, final week, week eighteen, um, Atlanta. We're gonna talk about our Atlanta Falcons facing the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I want to give this over to Banks here in just a second because we we had a, a small text uh, exchange last night. Thirty to seventeen, our Falcons win the final game of the season. They go seven and ten uh, to end out the regular season. Actually, they go six and three at home. Which is kind of crazy because we always talk about, you know what, you don't want to you don't want to lose home field. You want to be able to protect the house. And I think this year, you know what? Give it, give give them some credit. I mean, they 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 beat it. They beat a tough team here to beat, you know. Um, they went, you know, they lost three games, and I think they win all three games that we lost here. But um, you know, they, they hung in there. They beat the Bucks, which to some people are gonna say meaningless, but I'm gonna give this over to banks here before we get into the meat of what this means. Um Banks you made a comment so Derrick and I we all looked and this was something big for me. I don't know how big it was for y'all. <laughs> but there was something that I had on my mind and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I did not want Tom Brady to to retire or leave thing I had. I did not want Tom Brady to retire from the NFL undefeated against the Atlanta Falcons. And yesterday, we gave Tom Brady an L. An L. He is 10-1 and 1 against the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to come to you here first, Banks, because to quote you in the group text when I sent the message, I think I sent a picture or some type of gift to say that Tom Brady was now 10-1 and 1 against the Falcons. Your response was weak. But with that being said, Tom Brady is still 10 and 1 against the Atlanta Falcons, something that I was very adamant about. And that gave me motivation to actually go into the building to see this game. Banks, I'm going to give it over to you. Why would you make the comment that this is weak? And do you feel like this was even significant?
2: First of all, if I'm going to beat somebody who's been tormenting me for the whole his entire career, I want him the whole game. I don't want you to come in first quarter and then you leave. And then his backup and his backup backup come in and we beat them. That's not the same because you know what? I don't have no quarrels with, with Blaine Gabbert. Okay. I want Brady. I want to punish him. I want to beat him. I want to him to have responsibility of losing a game, not for somebody else to take over. I think it's weak because, a lot of fans was just grasping for anything to say we beat him in something. And for me, he can still say you still didn't beat me because I didn't finish the game. I didn't finish it. And then when he left the game, it was tied 10-10. So technically he didn't lose it. So I said I said what I said. It was weak. I didn't look at that game as a a, a thing to get to put anything on Tom Brady. I knew he wasn't playing the whole game. So it was a wash for me. I was like, you know what? They were trying to see what they can do going into next week in the playoffs. And I knew if we would have won against a backup and backup backups that everybody would have ran with it. And I'm not doing it. I'm not running with that. That's that's still. What,
1: whatever.
0: Don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, no, I respect what you're saying. Well, I, you I, I respect what care, you're so saying. I'm just
2: letting you know no, I'm saying
0: week. I respect. No, no, I respect what you're saying. But at the end of the day. The stat sheet is gonna still give him that L. He suited up, he started. You take the L. This ain't no, this, this, this ain't no um uh uh NASCAR rule. You did, did not finish next to your name. Like Derrico said earlier, when we were talking. This ain't no MLB rules where you you pitched a couple of innings and you still don't take no in the National Football League. Guess what? You put your cleats on, you suit up, you go out there and take a snap, you catch the L. So with that being said, whether you strap them on next year or not, guess what? You took the L. I can take that. I can take that with me. I can take that with me, Derek Cole. Do you feel the same way that I do? Shit!
1: <laughs> oh my goodness, boy, y'all! Wow. Hey, I'm taking that W. Like, like you know, we had this conversation. The the thing that really got me is the fact that this is first ever losing season. That's the most gratifying, and it came at the hands of the Atlanta. Falcons. So at least we'll have some good asterisk by the name of Tom Brady when it comes to Tom Brady. That when all said and done who made sure that Tom Brady had a losing season it will say the ATL Falcons. And that's all I'm going to
0: say. Dirty birds, baby. Them, right. dirty, them dirty birds, man. Uh, banks, however you want to call it, however you want to see it, man. You, I know you're over there shrugging, you know, shrugging. Whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm going to take it. Derrick Cole, thank you. We're going to take it. We're going to take that.
2: Let's I'm gonna play, play him that. for four quarters, and then you come back and talk to me, okay?
0: Well, I mean, hey, we might not see him for four quarters ever again in life. So you know what? At this juncture, moving forward, for the rest of mine, I can say the last L he took in the regular season was against them birds so so <laughs> so, babe, so let me ask Blank, you a quick Blank, question wait wait why, why,
1: why you think he suited up
2: they were saying that he suited up this, so they can because he's a pretentious team son team of a and, 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 yeah that too leo but what i'm saying is they they wanted to have some kind of some quote unquote um no that's a, that's a
1: lie how many times Tom yeah, Brady um, had a buy in the playoffs?
2: Well, hold on. Let me ask you this question: If it was because he wanted to keep the streak going, then why he just didn't play the whole game? If it meant that much to him, because if he it meant felt that much to him. If he felt that Blaine Gabbert was going to take over for he, him, because he say, felt that we were that much
0: beneath, beneath, beneath. the bucket, he felt no, that he that. This this Falcon was that much beneath the Buccaneers, and he was still going to be able to put a feather in his cap and keep it rolling. Am I right there, No,
1: that, that, that's exactly what he was thinking. You know, how, you know, he's a narcissist. Well, oh, absolutely,
2: narcissist is going to say you still haven't beat me because I came off the field. I don't care what he.
1: I don't care what he
0: say. I don't care what he that, say. The record, record don't lie. Says, record, the record, the record, don't lie.
2: Snat says that we won yeah. the game, but okay. at the end of the day, and when you look back. On it, it's gonna be like, oh shit! Well, excuse my French. Tom Brady didn't play he the good. whole game. He because take he walked okay, well, the fine. I mean, hey, the,
0: the Tom, the, the Tom Brady, the Tom Brady worshippers, uh, uh, you know, might use that or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, on the stat column, on the stat sheet, whenever he put that yellow jacket on to go to Kenton, mm-hmm. the last team that he lost to in the regular season was the Atlanta Falcons. Banks, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put that in. I'm going to put the feather there. He, he laced them up like Derrico said. He didn't have to. Tom Brady could have literally said last week, you know what? We're in the playoffs. I don't have to lace them up. I ain't got nothing to prove. I want to hear all this. Oh, we need the continuity of the offense to get in the rhythm. Glass. Whatever, dude. He Glass. came out there. He laced them yeah. up. And he played. And Another thing before we move forward was I'm going to say this and I'm going to move forward. And I know Derrico feel the same way that I do. Yes, didn't even wait till it was triple zero on the clock. He was already in the locker room. He didn't go out there shake anybody's hand. You felt like, oh, well, whatever. Like you said, Banks, I only played two quarters. I'm not shaking nobody's hand. What a piss poor ass sportsman he was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To really literally yeah, just boy. walk off the field when it wasn't even triple zeros on the clock. Man, I mean, who what does that? Man? Expect, I, mean, least, I
2: mean, what did you I mean, expect? Well, You're right. I didn't expect. Be You're right. That. He's that. He's yeah. the dick. He's a dick. Okay. Well, as long I mean, as we know the, that, as long as we all know that, he's a dick. I know that. You know that. <laughs> Derrico knows that. The world knows that. I mean, it's not—it's not a secret. That's—that's that's something that I expected him to do. I expect. I that, I would. It would have blown me away for him to be on that field shaking anybody on that field's hand. I would have been floored, floored. But the fact that he yeah. did what I expected him to do—what hmm, do you
0: say? It's Tom Brady. Like I said, man. Hey, look, look, I hope he enjoyed his last game. And it's and it pain, as painful as I'm going to say this, man. But because it's, it's a, <laughs> the team he's playing in the playoffs, and, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. I, I'm, I'm hoping it, it's a toss up for me. My brain is conflicted as to what I want to see happen. But I think I've I made up my mind who I'm rooting oh,
1: for. Oh, I'm not conflicted.
0: I'm not I'm, conflicted. I know who I'm rooting for this weekend. But anyway, moving okay. forward here, listen 30 17 Falcons win. Shows us a lot moving forward. I always want to win, fellas. I don't want to go into too too deep off into the weeds and talk about um, what a lot of the fan base wanted to see, man. Because I mean, you know, as uh, us as fans, I all of us are rational rational fans and we're logical fans. I think we can all agree that you know what I'm saying we want to see our team win, right? I mean, I want to see my team win. You know what I'm saying from a from a morale standpoint. I'm a fan. I want to see W's. Some people in our fan base, oh well, you know. Uh, uh yeah. a draft pick just that and the third okay whatever if that's your opinion and you're an entitled to it and as a fan art hey if that's what you want fine but we did win thirty seventeen. now as we move forward end of the season uh i think one note that i gotta say before we start talking about a few things dean pease our defensive coordinator has now announced that he is retiring he will no longer be back with the falcons in the 2023 season so we will we re- will re- re- Oh, God, we will be replacing our defensive coordinator moving forward. Now, with that being said, there's a couple of things I want to talk about before we close the show out just to talk about our Falcons. First thing, first and foremost, Desmond Ritter comes in, closes out the season, first and foremost, undefeated in 2023. Falcons are undefeated in 2023. I think that deserves a round of applause, whatever. I know y'all going to think I'm corny and cheesy for that. And also, first and foremost, Desmond Ritter, as a starting quarterback in college or in the NFL, undefeated at home. But let's get into the real deal grit of this, okay? Going into this draft, we know now that the Falcons are going to pick in position eight in the NFL draft coming up here moving forward in this season. Desmond Ritter, sample size uh, as the starter for the Atlanta Falcons, only four games as he goes two and uh, two. And two. Um, at final stretch undefeated at home, beats the Cardinals, beats the Bucks, loses a tight one against the Ravens and loses to that other team down in New Orleans. Banks, I'm gonna come over to you first. There's a lot of talk and chatter about what the Falcons should do first round of the NFL draft. Now, this is a specific question, so I don't want you to go off into any other, you know, we're not gonna go into any other universe with this question but there is a contingency of the fan base and i know Derrico wants me to be specific when i talk about this in my verbiage there's a contingency there's a small possible contingency of this fan base that is thinking that at the number eight pick or somewhere in the first round that we might have to consider possibly drafting another quarterback we drafted Desmond Ritter last year in the third round with everything that you've seen moving into this draft coming forward where do you stand with Desmond Ritter? How do you feel about Desmond Ritter? And do you feel as though the Falcons have to take a really, really deep look at drafting another quarterback in the first round of this draft this year?
2: Well, it wasn't fair for Desmond Ritter. He only had four games to showcase what he can do. Um, I don't think, I mean, I don't know that he played earlier, if he would have did any better, but as what I seen those four games, he got better and better and better and better so take it for what you will um as for going to the draft to draft another quarterback i'm gonna say no um i think this needs to be strictly defense like strictly just defense um i think a lot of fans wants to see another quarterback because what quarterbacks are there um i for i for one think that you should bring in a veteran i mean a veteran to to help Desmond along. I, I I like what I saw from Desmond Ritter. Um it's not fair to him also because he didn't have his weapons. Kyle Pitts wasn't there. Um you got receivers like Zacchaeus and, and Hodge and Bird and some other <laughs> um uh, Stanley Stanley Crane, Oh, I'm just making up names <laughs> now. Um Listen uh, give him his some weapons and let's see what he can do. That's why you bring in a veteran to kind of bridge him along. I don't think another rookie is going to help anything. I think people want another rookie just to just to say they sell tickets, you know, to be. So a, let in me the ask Minnesota. you this.
0: Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Banks. Before I go over to Cole. there are there's some people that I spoke with this morning. Um, some text messages that I got this morning as to feel as though yeah, we saw. Ritter was decent, but as a ceiling, where do you see them at? Because a lot of people feel like, you know, there isn't a Herbert, Mahomes, Allen uh, ceiling, and they feel like, you know, this guy isn't it. They don't get that feeling. They don't get that those butterflies when they watch Desmond Ritter play. What do you say to those fans that only saw four games from Desmond Ritter about his ceiling and where they think he could possibly be?
2: So my question is those – Josh Allen's those Mahomes, those uh Herbert feelings. How are you gonna determine that with no talent on the roster to see it? I mean, if you had a Herbert here as a rookie, do you think he would done wonders what he's doing now with the roster that he has now? Um, with the without a cow pits, with a rookie receiver, with a uh, um I forgot the guy's first name, last name Darby. This is these are the guys that you're throwing the ball to. It's not fair to say he's not it. You don't know if he is it. Um you got Herbert who came into a good situation as a rookie. Mahomes came into a good situation with a good head coach, by the way. That's not fair to, to say Desmond Ritter is not it. I I I don't know what you what you're expecting for him to do you're not going to come and play your first game and be just lighting the yard up. You're just not doing that. I'm sorry.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Banks, thank you. Derek, I'm going to pass it over to you here, man, just to piggyback on that. Desmond Ritter, your first takes on him. Four and four as I'm sorry, two and two as he starts. (laughs) Why y'all looking at me like that? Banks looking at me like he want to (laughs) fight.
1: I'm I'm trying to figure out what you got in that cup.
0: (laughs) I don't have nothing in that cup. Listen, Desmond Ritter, man, how do you feel about him? Just to piggyback on what we we're talking about with him starting and um, moving forward, how do you feel draft wise, and what do you see him in long term as 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 a Falcons quarterback?
1: No, we don't need to draft another quarterback. That's like that's just a given. We don't need to draft another quarterback. Like Ben said, what is another rookie going to do for uh, a two years? a two-year NFL quarterback. Nothing. You got to bring in a veteran that preferably comes from a winning pedigree. Preferably. Hopefully. Preferably. That is somebody that has won something. I don't care if it's a division championship, something that he's won, that he can instill some type of winning attitude of the NFL. Ritter, I like like what I've seen out of Ritter. I've seen poise. I've seen some nice throws that are good NFL throws. Um, He does not panic, which is good. And I want to give him the opportunity to continue to lead the Atlanta Falcons as a whole. And no, I don't want us to go after a quarterback up north because that's going to put us back in another situation that we just left. So everybody that thinks that, think about that. You just bitched about our cap situation with another quarterback. So don't come at me with you want to pay another quarterback more than you paid that quarterback. And that's going to be (laughs) my little Ted talk for today.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Desmond Ritter, man, like you said, man, to piggyback with you guys, man, I think he did an absolute great job. Um, coming in, um, considering the circumstances, not to go too far deep off into it, man. He came in. He showed poise. Um, he was able to win some games. He was able to make some throws. Um, you know, to me, to be completely honest, I think he actually looked more NFL ready than I thought he would. I mean, he was very, very poised. Very, very, The composure was there. Of course, mistakes are going to happen, man. 10, 12-year veterans make mistakes. But I think he limited those. He looked very, very cool. He looked very, very collected. He looks like he's already commanding the, the the leadership abilities are there. He's commanding the locker room. I think I heard that, you know, a lot of people looking at him, I've, I've seen that the team has responded very, very well to him um, reading just some stuff on Twitter and reading some articles, man. So I feel good about Desmond Ritter. Um, so to just all the naysayers that think we need to draft because, you know, there are a couple of quarterbacks out there that look really, really good. Like, no, we don't need to to draft another quarterback. I think let's see where we go with Desmond Ritter and absolutely, Derrick I want to see a veteran come in. I want to see somebody that can actually challenge and push and Desmond Ritter can learn from. I think let's let this young man – I mean, ultimately it's going to be up to the team as to what they're going to do moving forward. But I think that there was enough to see with him to say, hey, let's see where this takes us and let's see what this goes. At the value we got him for, I think that you can say, hey, we have enough and we're able to come out with what we were able to do this season and be very competitive next year. Going back to our preseason predictions, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up quickly before we close this out. Banks was adamant about <laughs> us not doing very, very well. I think the preseason prediction was two games, two games, Banks couldn't see it, but ultimately we did end up. Uh, when I said we would, we would go above the the, the five uh, the five game mark, uh, we won seven games, um, and credit that to Arthur Smith. So I'm gonna go and uh, something else I want to talk about. There are some people this morning on social media saying that Arthur Smith should be on the hot seat. Listen, credit seven games, and I think we can all agree winning seven games was <laughs> a lot in part by Arthur Smith. He didn't really have a lot. And he came out, man, and we were able to win seven games. You know, whether it was Mariota or Desmond Ritter, man, getting these guys to play and play at a competitive level against some tough teams, all the way down the stretch. It was only a couple of games that we weren't in it, but you know, this this that was that, that was it's a slim margin of this team actually being ten and seven and seven and ten, re- realistically. You know, I don't care what you want to say or how you want to call it, man. There's a slim margin of this team being either 10-7 and and winning this division and hosting the home playoff game or being 7-10. and So I credit Arthur Smith, and I'm so excited to see now with this is going to be the first season, I think, that collectively Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith can actually breathe and say, hey, look, we have some room. We have some free agents that we can actually say hey. We want to bring in here to help our cause. We saw some people this year that we signed to some uh show me deals that we can stick with long term. And I think moving forward, you know, we got a lot to build on me personally. I'm probably going to disagree. But I say, hey, man, we're on the uptick. And I think that we we're, we're going to show uh, moving forward that, that this is something we're going to build on and continue to get better as we move on. As we close this thing out. Banks, I'm going to present this to you. Do you think we're on the uptick now? Five years removed from the playoffs, moving into this new season coming up in 2023. Are we on the uptick, and can you see finally some positivity moving forward with this team?
2: Well, absolutely. Finally, I can see that we're out of that cat hill. Um, now, it's kind of like the sky's the limit at this point. I mean, we, can, we got so much wiggle, wiggle room in the draft and – free agency um so you know it's like a clean a clean canvas you know you can paint whatever you want to paint now um it's it's like the guys that arthur smith had this this year here was you know it was if you look at it on paper looking at it with the naked eye you're like there's no way there's absolutely no way and what he did was a miracle In my eyes, Um, a guy told me at work that he should be on the hot seat. And I was like, well, looking at a different perspective of what Arthur Smith had to do, you can't bake a cake with just eggs. You got to have the whole ingredients to make a cake. And the only thing that Arthur Smith had, he had his hands tied, like literally tied. He couldn't do anything. He had to bring in a quarterback that had to learn on the fly, almost in a sense, and he didn't know what he had in running back at the time when he first got here. He didn't know with the Calvin Ridley situation. And then now, you know, we got a running back, I dare say. Um, we got we got a number one receiver, I <laughs> dare say. Um, um, we we have a tight end. I mean, we have a quarterback, we have a clean slate now, guys. Um, now let's see what we do with it with all the money we about to receive. With the draft capital we about to receive, let's let's see what we can build now.
0: Derrick, i pass it to you before we close this out, man. Positive On a positive note, man, do you see us ascending now, moving forward, man, as being a competitive team, five years removed from the playoffs? Are we finally able to say, hey, you know what? We can see some light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Um, I think you preface already that during this season, there's two games that we probably wasn't competitive in. I'm only thinking about Cincinnati, so you gotta help me with the second one. But Cincinnati, we just got got drugged. So we we lost all those majority of those games by less than one score. And we know we've watched this team be non competitive the last four years. So yes, the uptick is there. I think having a cultural change mentally that, hey, we're not the same organization, the same football team, so let's go out here and compete. That's probably the most proud thing I was about this squad this year and the job that Arthur Smith did is that we competed our asses off. That's the same mentality that that dude in Detroit brought to Detroit, even though we all laughed at him. But he brought a different mentality to that organization. And I say the same thing that Arthur Smith is doing. The only thing I don't like about Arthur Smith is I want him to give up the calling, play calling, and just be the head coach. I want him to get an offensive coordinator. I do. Other than that, I have absolutely no qualms with the job that he's done for our football team.
0: Absolutely. uh, Brother Fresh Air, man, I think that this is, you know, the first real head coach, no nonsense. You know, to your credit, Derrick, oh yeah, maybe, you know, you know, Coach Ragon obviously is supposed to be the offensive coordinator. Um, uh, but yeah, uh Arthur Smith does still call the plays and maybe, yeah, his judgment when it comes to certain um management issues on the field may be a little clouded, but you know, we'll see moving forward how this works out, man. I look forward to i hopefully look forward to seeing Arthur Smith being here for quite some time. And I'm I'm um Very, very optimistic about what Terry Fontenot can do here moving forward as well. So I'm on the optimistic, you know, no matter what a lot of people say, you know, these are all opinions of fans. I feel as though I'm very, very optimistic with Arthur Smith being here for quite some time. I'm very, very optimistic in our quarterback, Desmond Ritter. And yes, I'm proud to call Desmond Ritter the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, You know, I think the young man has... Has proven himself as a, as an NFL caliber quarterback, so I'm looking forward to seeing what this new season is going to entail. I look forward to getting back on the road. We got a couple of close home road games, fellas, this year, so I think some road trips are coming up. We got well, okay, we got three. We got two right down the road. Banks, I know you love Jacksonville. I know you love Duval. And uh, Derrick, I know you love Nashville, man. So two road trips that we got the, that that we got coming up. What's the third one, Derek? That we got within?
1: I mean, you got to put Carolina in there. Carolina? I always got like Carolina a, and the yeah, division national.
0: rivals, of course. Carolina yeah, and, and Tampa, obviously. Um, so, yeah. So, but definitely, you know what I'm saying? It's always cool to play a, a non division rival and some so close, you know what I'm saying? Within, uh, you know, four to five hour proximity, um, especially with the way jacksonville has been playing jacksonville just got a playoff berth this year so we get to play them next year that'll be i should be a highly competitive game going down there to see Trevor lawrence so i'm excited i think i want to mark that on my calendar fellas so go ahead and let's start looking at possibly going down to jacksonville for the weekend and checking that out and also maybe going up to tennessee and checking that out as well so i'm very optimistic so listen guys we've come to the end of the show um our nfl season is over tonight College football season will come to an end and conclude, and hopefully we'll be victorious. Well, we're going to be victorious. I'm going to go ahead and claim it. UGA, let's go out there and compete, and let's do what we do. Um, So the next up on board for us to talk about here uh, in 2023, we'll uh, go over there and see what the boys over at State Farm Arena are doing. I know it's been a long time overdue for us to talk about them, and also hear a brand new soccer season as we look forward to the kickoff for the Atlanta United as they play a friendly here in just a moment. And us trying to figure out who's actually going to be the starting eleven for these guys because I'm I'm I don't know any I don't recognize anybody on this roster right now but we'll talk about there here this on the next Leo G show man as we close this out Banks I'm gonna pass it over to you let everybody know where they can find you man
2: you can find me on Antoine Jarrell Banks on Facebook or Baby Banks eighty on the gram or Twitter. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm not on Snapchat. I'm not on you no know, TikTok or any other extra ones that they got out there now. Just those three.
0: Hi, <laughs> right, Derrico, let everybody know where they can find you at, brother.
1: You can find me on Facebook at Stacy D. Derrico. You can hit me on IG at Derrico underscore Virgo. You can catch me on the Twitter at VSU96SDD. And you can catch me on Snap at Six.
0: That's what's up, man. Yeah, you can always catch the Leo G Show at the Leo G Show, the number one, on Twitter. I'm not going to lie. I have been very, very slacking over there in the Twitterverse. I need to get back on it, man. So 2023, we're going to work very, very hard to getting that back up and uh, running. You can also catch me, Southern Set, with two Ts. That's my own personal Twitter account. You can catch me there. You can also catch our Facebook page, the Leo G Show. Um guys, I look forward to 2023, man. Uh, I feel like it's a lot of positivity, man. As we watch the Ohio State kicker go wide left, uh, bringing in a new year, I can say that everything is kind of looking positive, man, for, for our teams. And I'm gonna claim that for 2023. And I'm hoping that we're gonna go see uh and have good vibes and good things from all of our teams as we as we move on with our fandom in 2023, man. Uh so the first first show 2023 is a wrap. We thank everybody for the support uh thank everybody that watched us uh live on facebook and on youtube man it's been another edition of the leo g show and we about to be out in the words of my man prime man give me my theme music. (laughs)